Hey, thanks for tuning in to Cross Defense. Today on the show, we're talking about why our neighbors just don't understand us. What's the disconnect? How can we say words that they don't understand and be persecuted, hated, reviled by them? How is that the case? Well, the short answer, spoiler alert, is sin. But let's unpack that a little bit, get into it, and have a great conversation. All of that's coming up right now on Cross Defense. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Cross Defense. This is the show that aims to equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul, and we do it all with God's Word. That's right. Today, we're looking at why the world just doesn't get you, Christian. Why don't they understand? How is it that you speak words of love and they view them as hateful? We've been asking that question here at St. Mark Lutheran Church for nearly two years now. You acknowledge sin and you offer the healing that only Christ can give and your neighbors, well, they, they vilify you. They call you a hater, a racist, a bigot. They do all sorts of evil against you. Why is it that they hear loving words as hateful? Well, the super short answer is sin. But we're going to get into the longer answer. We have a little less than an hour to do that in today. We are in the middle of the share over here at KFUO.org, KFUO Radio, where Christ is for you anytime, anywhere. And so we're going to share some of the time we have allotted today for that share activity. But if this is your first time tuning into Cross Defense, well, you should know. I'm your host, Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I'm the pastor of the Lost Coast's Lighthouse of Orthodoxy. That's right, St. Mark Lutheran Church out here in Ferndale, California. And if during the course of the show you are, uh, let's say, struck with a question, maybe your imagination is stirred up by the Holy Spirit and you'd like to share a comment or some other amazing bit of biblical brilliance, well, we'd love to hear from you. You can email me at the Winged Lion Studio right here in Ferndale. It goes straight to me by going to stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact. That's what Walter did, and this is what Walter said. Pastor Bramwell, wishing you God's richest blessings. I recently returned to an LCMS congregation after being chastised under the law for quite a while, after taking back my own will while dealing with a difficult time instead of turning to God. I have fully repented and joined a local church. I downloaded the LCMS app and have been enjoying your podcasts. I greatly appreciate you speaking God's truth to the world and your willingness to suffer the consequences from the world for proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and God as our Father and Creator, and that His Word is absolute truth. I pray that God will uplift you and give you strength to persist and continue to glorify Him through your message of truth. I was hoping that you could address this week the tragedy of what happened in Nashville. The words of Job keep coming to me. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It has been my fervent prayer that despite this evil, 
It brings people to the truth that God is sovereign and he is in control no matter what happens. And as you said in your last podcast, we need to look to Jesus for comfort. Again, I'm praying for God's peace and strength for you to do the work he has set forth for you. Your brother in Christ, Walter. Thank you, Walter. Thank you so very much for your words of encouragement, for your prayers, brother. I really appreciate it. I rejoice with you that the Lord has gathered you back. Ah, praise be to God, to his faithful church. When we go through difficult times in life, it is true. The enemy loves, he just loves to tempt us to address the suffering that we're going through in any way other than God's way, doesn't he? He loves that. And he likes to make us feel like we're alone and we're suffering suffering alone. And he likes to drive us from the place where truth is truly received, where peace is received, and where we can rejoice with others going through this battle together. I'm glad you finally repented of your error, my friend, and turned to God. Praise be to Jesus. Your words remind me of what Pastor Peter Speckard summarizes, his, his words of summary of 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 26. He wrote a very thin little book published by CPH called Connected to Christ. It's all about membership in the church. I'll leave a link in the show notes below. Uh, but, but this is, first of all, what 1 Corinthians 12 says, Paul's teaching. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, well, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may, may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Reverend Speckard says, you can apply St. Paul's metaphor to yourself quite easily. Wiggle 
your left thumb. If you can do that, then you know that your left thumb has a relationship with your head and mind. Your thumb does what your brain tells it to do. If it doesn't, then your thumb itself or its relationship to your brain is impaired. But if you have no trouble moving your left thumb, then your thumb is healthy and the relationship between it and your brain is good. But here's the key. If you cut your thumb off from your hand, you also cut it off from your brain. Your thumb has no relationship with your brain apart from its relationship with your hand. Your wrist, your arms, nerves, muscles, veins, and the rest of your body. A thumb cannot serve the brain while remaining apart from the body. That is the whole point of St. Paul's metaphor. A Christian is not called simply to an individual and personal relationship with God in Christ Jesus. A Christian is called to be a living, working part of the corporate body of Christ. And there's the word corpse in corporate, a body of Christ. The personal relationship and the corporate membership are two sides of the same coin, inextricably linked. Walter, thank you so very much for reminding me of this wonderful passage from St. Paul and reminding me what Pastor Speckert says about it. And you're absolutely right. I rejoice with you that you are back at a local congregation being served well. Uh, regarding your, your request for some information on uh, you know, conversation and discussion on the Nashville shooting, I'm going to speak about that later. Uh, I've been wanting to talk about that. I talked about it a little bit, like right when it happened. But like the rest of the world, I'm kind of waiting to hear more about the transgender shooter and, and her manifesto and journals and all those sorts of things. My impression is that this was an intentional targeting of Christians, but that's just my, my speculation without knowing more. Uh, if I'm right, I'd like us here on this program to pause and reflect on martyrdom, and especially the martyrdom of these six saints, and then consider what that means for the church in America today as this is the road we're going down. And I'm not sure we're ready for it, and we need to get there already. So let's, let's keep listening for some more information. As soon as you find anything else out, if you want to send it to me in another email, that'd be great. Uh, keep your ear to the ground for me, and uh, let's, let's take that up when we get some more details. In the meantime, please continue to pray for those close to the slain saints in Nashville. And thank you, Walter, for your continual prayers for me as well. I truly appreciate all your spiritual help. Thank you, brother. So, my friends, Paul's brain-thumb connection in 1 Corinthians 12 is related to what I said we're talking about today. The disconnect between the church and the world. The misunderstanding between us and them have to do with our fall, mankind's fall into sin, and then the subsequent uh, faith in Christ that we've been given, that some have, because we all have been given uh, salvation in Christ, but others reject it. So some of us have it and others don't. And yes, othering, to use the sophisticated cool guy lingo, is legit in terms of Christians and non-Christians, Christians and everybody else. Let's take a break right there. We get back. We'll talk about 1 John 3, 1 real quick, and then we'll move right into further looking at why people just don't get you, why they have a hard time understanding Christians and our language and our love. You're listening to Cross Defense. We'll be right back.
iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple, and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode. I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. First John 3 verse 1 says the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Who's the him? Christ Jesus is the him. God. The world does not know God as Jesus himself teaches us in John 15, 17 to 27. And I quote, if the world hates you, Christian, know that it has hated me before it hated you, Jesus says. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things... They will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Mm. The blessing of standing in the current of truth is that we have a long line, dear saints, a long line of faithful teachers to not only corroborate orthodox reading of Scripture, the orthodox reading of of the text, the Bible, but also to speak that orthodox confession for us. We don't have to try to reinvent the wheel all the time. So if you have a copy, a copy of the Book of Concord, there at your house or wherever you're at, if you pull that up, pull that out, perhaps you want to go online to bookofconcord.org. I'll put a link in the show notes for you if you want. It'll take you straight to the Augsburg Confession, Article 18, Concerning Free Will. We're going to take a look at that and and let our reforming Reformation ancestors help us answer why it is that the world does not get us, why the world doesn't understand us, how we can speak love and they hear hate. Okay, so this is what we read in the Augsburg Confession, Article 18, concerning free will. Of free will, they, that is, we, the Lutheran churches, teach that man's will has some liberty to choose civil righteousness and 
to work things subject to reason, that is to choose things based on human intellect, like you do when you select your cereal in the cereal aisle in the grocery store. You have you know, that free will, that human reason to make that decision. You're going to go with Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch or whatever it is that you eat. Those are the two that I suggest you go with or, or Fruity Pebbles. Other than that, well, maybe Cocoa Puffs. Other than that, you're on your own. Those are my recommendations. But you do have a, a bit of will to use your reason to make that decision, to work things out subject to your human reason. But, but the human will, the mind, has no power without the Holy Spirit to work the righteousness of God. That is, spiritual righteousness. Since the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And here we have a reference to 1 Corinthians 2.14. But this righteousness is worked in the heart when the Holy Spirit is received through the word. These things are said in as many words by Augustine in his Hyponosticon, book three. And here we go. We're getting all kinds of deep in here, right? But it's good. We're standing in a deep river with great understanding of what orthodoxy is. And when we have these kind of questions, why doesn't my neighbor get me? We have a place to go. We have a way of understanding that we're not alone. That this isn't unique to our time even. Augustine writes, We grant that all men have a free will, free inasmuch as it has the judgment of reason. Not that it is thereby capable without God either to begin or at least to complete anything pertaining to God. So you can make all kinds of your own choices in the horizontal realm of man between neighbors, but you can't even begin to make a choice in the vertical realm between you and God. That makes sense? But only in works of this life, whether good or evil. Good, Augustine says, I call those works which spring from the good in nature, such as willing to labor in the field. It's good to work. To eat and to drink, it's good to supply yourself with the fuel to live. To have a friend, to clothe oneself, to build a house, to marry a wife, to raise cattle, to learn di diverse useful arts, or whatsoever good pertains to this life. For all of these things are not without dependence on the providence of God. Yea, of him and through him they are and have their being. Now, evil, he says, I call such works as willing to worship an idol, to commit murder, etc. Right? The commandments help us understand all of those things. They, now we're back to our Lutheran uh, reforming fathers there in the Book of Concord and in the Augsburg Confession. They, we Lutherans, condemn the Pelagians and others who teach that without the Holy Spirit, by the power of nature alone, as a natural man, we are able to love God above all things. We condemn that thought, that teaching. Also, also, to do the commandments of God as touching the substance of the act. For although nature is able in a manner to do the outward work, for it is able to keep the hands from theft and murder, yet it cannot produce the inward motions, such as the fear of God, trust in God, chastity, 
patience, etc. So we can do things externally good. We can, we can not kill our neighbor. But that doesn't mean that we are able to not hate our neighbor in our heart. The reasons for staying the hand and keeping it from theft and murder and adultery and all these sorts of things, it can be the social pressure of our civilization. It could be other law-based religions that are telling us that's wrong and the threat of danger if we do it, all those sorts of things. None of that, though, can actually orient the heart, the inward, incorporeal part of you to actually fear God, love God, trust in God above all things. This is why we preach the gospel, because no other religion, no other institution in the world does that. There are two religions in this world, the religion of the gospel and the religion of the law. We have the religion of the gospel. Jesus Christ did everything. We put our trust in him, and then we start by having the Holy Spirit within us. We start to want to do good things. The reason we don't want to murder is because we actually don't want to hate our neighbor. Not because we're afraid we'll go to jail for life. See the difference? So why then, now we're out of the the Augsburg Confession, why then do the worldly not understand you, Christian? Because having learned what we confessed in the Book of Concord, the Augsburg Confession, Article 18, what Augustine says, the early reformers quoting even an earlier theologian who then quoted scripture. See this the stream of thought here. Because you have the Holy Spirit, dear saint, and they do not. There it is. There's the answer. They are still handicapped in their unbelief. Merely naturally minded men. While you you have received the restoration of your reason and your will and are now a spiritually minded man. You might say a supernatural man. From the Bible, through Augustine and the Lutheran reformers, and now, not just to you immediately, although you have now, but let's add another little link in there, another tributary, to the 20th century theologian Francis Pieper. Consistent apostolic teaching on the mind and the will of human beings gives us a way to articulate what it is we believe to our neighbors today. It gives us a way to understand why it is that we are different from them and they from us. Christian, you are not of this world. Sadly, even your loved ones, your dearest loved ones, if they are not Christian, they are. There is no neutrality. We do not have allies who are unbelievers in the sense of them understanding why it is that we do what we do and what motivates us. They do not understand to use, again, our personal example here at St. Mark, a a local example. When we put out a sign that said, hurt by LGBTQ culture, healing here, They do not understand how that can be a loving thing. To call LGBTQ sin, sin is hateful to them. That's their language for it, hateful. We see it as it is, loving. Calling a thing a thing, what that, that thing is. Calling a thing a thing, calling a spade a spade is a loving thing to do. It cuts away delusion. 
Okay, so from the Bible all the way down now to Reverend Francis Pieper, we have consistent apostolic teaching on the mind and will of human beings. Here's what Reverend Pieper says in his work, Christian Dogmatics, Volume 1, Under the Doctrine of Man, Section 2, what is called the effect of hereditary corruption on the man mind excuse me and will of man that's the effect of hereditary corruption on the mind and will of man this is what he has to say while natural man after the fall still retains a certain amount of intelligence in natural things he is utterly utterly incapable of understanding spiritual matters the things that have to do with the obtaining of God's grace and salvation. In the natural condition, man regards the gospel, his only salvation after the fall, as foolishness, and he cannot do otherwise. Do you hear that? In the natural condition, so all of your neighbors who are not Christians, in the natural condition, man regards the gospel which is his only salvation after the fall. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Natural man takes that information and sees it as foolishness. And, Pieper says, he can't do anything else. He can't do otherwise. And here is referenced John 3, 16 to 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Let's take a break there. We'll be right back for more on this topic of why your neighbor just doesn't get you. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Another verse referenced here in this section by Reverend Pieper is Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Reverend Pieper continues, and he quotes 1 Corinthians 2.14, They, the things of God, these, this gospel stuff, are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, the unbeliever. The unbeliever just doesn't know the gospel, and it's foolishness. The wisdom of God is folly to man. He continues, Reverend Pieper, and he turns to the law, this foolish man. He turns to the law, which denounces the wrath of God and damnation against him as offering him a way of salvation. He thinks the law will get him to heaven. This is Galatians 3, 10 to 12. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. 
So they they can't understand the gospel. So they turn to the law. They try to they try to live out their their righteousness under the law. But you have to do all of the law or none of the law. Just doing some of the law is a half measure, and it will not get you there. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Back to Peeper. Therefore, Scripture gives the intelligence of all natural men this rating. So what he's saying is this is what Scripture says of the intelligence, the mind, the reason of the natural man. Ephesians 4.18. All men are darkened in their understanding. And Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness. The darkness shall cover the earth, Isaiah 62. Or how about Galatians 3.3? Are you so foolish? (laughs) Nor can any human schooling or culture remove this lack of intelligence, he says. And that's a really powerful statement. I want to pause on this sentence and emphasize it, especially for the local audience, all those members here at St. Mark Lutheran Church. This is the foolhardy arrogance of those pushing the anti-hate resolution that we've been fighting against at City Hall. Recall recall the final whereas statement of this anti-hate resolution, same kind that passed up there at the county. Whereas the city council of the city of Ferndale believes we can stop the spread of prejudice, bigotry, and hatred, and overcome ignorance, that's not knowing, right? That's not a derogatory word, not knowing, overcome not knowing, and inhumanity by speaking out for inclusion and teaching respect, tolerance, love, and understanding. So what did Reverend Peeper say so succinctly after looking at the Bible's teaching? He says, nor can any human schooling that is teaching or culture that is an anti-hate resolution trying to create a culture of inclusivity of the LGBTQ remove this lack of intelligence. Even if we were to grant that their desire, the, those pushing for all the woke stuff, Their desire was good and not injurious to our neighbors. Even if we were going to grant that, just for sake of speculation for this point, it most certainly is not. But even if we were to grant that, the thought that we can teach ourselves to a utopia is nothing more than repristinating salvation by works under the law. It's just among the secularists. This is their law religion language. It is the religion of the law. And it's manifesting in the land of the lost, just as it always does. The nuance here is that they're not claiming a religion, although clearly you can look at it and see the the faith aspects of all this leftist movement, the Marxism that's going on. You can see the faith in it, even though they would not claim that. But humanism is a religion. Atheism does have a faith component. A major one. Scientism to all the isms. So back to Peeper. Our pause being over. Back to Peeper. Scripture tells us very plainly that the Sophia Theou, 
that is, the wisdom, Sophia, of God, Theou, the gospel of Christ being that wisdom, crucified for the sins of the world, remains hidden, even from the aristocrats of mankind. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And Colossians 2, 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, Sophia, wisdom, and empty deceit, according to human tradition, human reason being manifest into a culture, according to the elemental spirits of the world, the zeitgeist of the age, and not according to Christ. Pieper goes on, but we're running out of time. So uh, what I want to do is I want to jump on to what he says as a summary statement. And it's kind of buried in the middle of his his little treatise here on the, the human reason and the human will and its, its hereditary corruption from our early ancestors, Adam and Eve. So it's kind of buried in the middle, but this is the quote that is a summary of everything he's, he's talking about. It says, in short, man's inner attitude towards God's gospel, and he looks to 1 Corinthians one twenty three there, and toward God's law, Romans 8, 7. In short, it's one of enmity. And maybe you can hear that word echoing from Genesis. I will put enmity between you and him, between your offspring and his offspring. That's Christ and the devil. He shall bruise his heel, but Christ will crush his head, right? Enmity. In short, man's inner attitude towards God's gospel is one of enmity, hatred, vitriol, division, spite. It's one of repulsion. I just don't want the gospel. This is the effect, Pieper says, of original sin on the mind and on the will of man, our intelligence. It is a fallen intelligence. And I always like to use this, this sort of picture. We talk about the fall. Well, where does the fall language come from? Picture perfection being up on a cliff. You're up here, up here, on this cliff, on this precipice where everything's perfect and you have a great vantage point of all things. It's all good. You can see everything rightly. And then you fall down here, down into this pit. And what can't you see from down here? What don't you know from down here? Because of your limited low vantage point. Well, you can't see all the things that you could see from up there on the cliff's edge, can you? You can't look out and see the horizon. You're down in the dark hole. And that dark hole doesn't even get all the light of day, the light of God. For as the light moves across the sky, sometimes you get a little bit of light, sometimes you don't. It's a lot darker down here. It's a lot harder to understand stuff and to see things, 
to know things. Our intelligence as a fallen people, creation, it is naturally, even among the brightest of us, it is limited. We need the guy who's up here, still on the cliff, God, the Holy Spirit, to come down and to give us his knowledge of what's up there on the cliff. We need him to come down and infuse within us his spirit so we can begin to understand what's going on up outside of the pit. But we are in this pit. That's what's going on with our human reason. As fallen, natural man, we need supernatural, non-fallen intellect and thought. Logic. We got more of that coming here soon. We're going to have a member of the congregation come into the studio. He loves studying the logos, logic, intellect, reason, common sense, all these things, our understanding. This is the topic he just dives into. He loves it. And it is a blessing for the whole church here at St. Mark. And it'll be a blessing for you as he comes into the Wingline studio. And, and we talk more and more and more about that in the coming episodes. So, I told you the short answer to why our neighbors don't get you, Christian. Where's the disconnect? The short answer is sin. There are those who have the solution to sin, Jesus Christ, who've received his spirit through the word, through washing and renewal and baptism. And there are those who have rejected it, who want nothing to do with Jesus, who have enmity toward the gospel. So you heard the longer answer as well, and we'll get, continue to give more and more length to that answer as we equip your mind and excite your imagination on this topic. The world doesn't understand you because the world doesn't understand the things of God. Because the worldly, those thinking in terms of the flesh, don't have the ability to think in terms of the Spirit. God is the one who restores our reason pulls us up out of the pit so that even though we are, as we are still bound up in our sin on this side of the resurrection, on this side of the grave, waiting for the end of time, waiting for the Lord's judgment day, the last day where we are restored fully, ultimately to that place without sin, to that non-fallen stature with him forever in the new heavens and the new earth. Even though we're still bound up and struggling with sin, we at least, at least begin because of the Holy Spirit to see more fully. Our contemporaries just simply cannot say the same thing. We're out of time. So thank you all for all your support of this show for KFUO Radio, supporting the entire station. This is a wonderful avenue to equip our minds, excite our imaginations, and be comforted by the gospel in between Sundays. So get back to church. And we'll talk to you next week, my friends. Until then, Christ be with you. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at kfuo.org.